What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews, exclusively here as always on the Casa D18 Studios channel. I, of course, am your host, the Renegade JJ Williams, and today we wrap up the package era, the wartime era of the Walt Disney Animation Studios, and we discuss from 1949 the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, starring the voice talents of Basil Rathbone, Eric Blone, J. Pat O'Malley, Colin Campbell, Claude Allister, Bean Crosby, Pinto Kolvig, Clarence Nash, and Billy Bletcher. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me here once again for another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews. And like I said during the introduction, we are going to close out today the package era, the wartime era of the Walt Disney Animation Studios filmography. It's definitely been a bumpy road. Saludos Amigos, Three Caballeros, Make Mine Music, Fun and Fancy Free, Melody Time, and today's film, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. But you have to keep in mind it was a necessity at the time in order to keep the animation studios going, thriving during the time of war. And seeing as how the film's stories are both taken from literature, they are both introduced in a library setting. And first up is The Wind in the Willows, which is set in and around London, England between June 10th of 1908 and January 1st of 1909. And in our story, our protagonist, J. Thaddeus Toad, is introduced to us as an adventurer who has never counted the cost. He is wealthy and the proprietor of Toad Hall, but his adventures and his manias for fads have brought him to the brink of bankruptcy. So in an effort to help save Toad, and Toad Hall, his friend Angus McBadger offers to help with Toad's bookkeeping as Toad Hall is a source of pride in the community. So during a nice summer day, Angus McBadger asks Toad's friends, Ratty and Mole, to try to persuade Toad to give up his latest fad of driving recklessly about the countryside on his horse and gypsy cart. As it could accumulate a lot of financial liability with damaged property. Raddy and Mole find and confront Toad, but he remains steadfast in his decision to live carefree. Toad then sees a motor car for the first time and becomes mesmerized by the new technology and now is being taken over by motor mania. To try and cure Toad's new mania, Ratty and Mole put Toad under house arrest, but Toad is able to escape and is eventually arrested for car theft. At his trial, Toad represents himself and calls his horse Cyril Proudbottom as his first witness. Cyril testifies that the car that Toad is accused of stealing was previously stolen 
by a gang of weasels. Toad entered the tavern where the car was parked and offered to buy the vehicle off the weasels. And Toad didn't have any money on him, so he offered the deed to Toad Hall in exchange for the vehicle. Now, the prosecutor and the judge can't believe it. So Toad calls Mr. Winky, the bartender, as a second witness. However, Mr. Winky lies under oath and says that Toad tried to sell him the stolen car. Toad is found guilty and sentenced to 20 years in the Tower of London on the spot. As time goes by, Toad's friends try to appeal his case, but to no avail. And on Christmas Eve, Cyril disguises himself as Toad's grandmother, pays him a visit. Cyril gives Toad a disguise of his own and helps him to escape. Toad then races to a railway station and steals a steam locomotive, driving out of the station and heading for the riverbank. Toad manages to not get caught by police. Meanwhile, Angus McBadger discovers that Mr. Winky is the leader of the Weasel Gang and that they have, in fact, taken over Toad Hall with Mr. Winky in possession of the deed. Toad and his friends break into Toad Hall and recover the document after a grueling chase around the estate. Our segment then ends on New Year's Day with Toad exonerated and regaining his house while Mr. Winky and the Weasels are arrested and imprisoned. Angus McBadger, Ratty, and Mole celebrate the new year with a toast to Toad, who they believe has been reformed after the whole ordeal. They quickly discover, however, that he has not, after he develops a mania for airplanes after seeing a 1903 Wright Flyer. Now, the Wind in the Willows segment is good. Don't get me wrong. I do enjoy it. I enjoy the Merrily song. It's catchy. It's nonsensical. But I'm not as big of a fan of the Wind in the Willows segment as I am our next segment. And in the second segment, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Bean Crosby himself tells us the story of Ichabod Crane who arrives in Sleepy Hollow, New York, in October of 1790. Now, Sleepy Hollow is a small town just outside of Terrytown that is renowned for its ghostly hauntings. And Ichabod has come to be the town's new schoolmaster. Despite Ichabod's appearance, his odd behavior, and some of his mannerisms, he manages to win the hearts of the town's women and forms good relationships with his students. Then, in contrast, we have Brom Bones, who is the roguish town hero. Brom does his best to bully Ichabod. However, Ichabod just ignores his taunts and continues to grow his relationship with the townspeople. 
one day, Ichabod meets Katrina Van Tassel, the beautiful daughter of the wealthy Baltus Van Tassel and Brahms unofficial fiance. Now, despite being enamored with Katrina's beauty, Ichabod actually desires the Van Tassel family fortune. Brahm, who has never been challenged in this way, proceeds to compete with Ichabod, but Ichabod manages to win Katrina over at every opportunity. Unbeknownst to both men, Katrina is actually using Ichabod in order to make Brahm jealous, forcing him to try harder for her affections. When both Brahm and Ichabod are invited to the Van Tassel Halloween party, Brahm attempts to get Ichabod to dance with a larger woman instead of Katrina. Later in the evening, Brahm even attempts to get Ichabod to fall through a cellar door. But unfortunately for Brahm, both attempts backfire. And while the men dine at the party, Brahm notices Ichabod tossing salt over his shoulder nervously after accidentally spilling it. Brahm realizes that Ichabod's Achilles heel is superstition. So Brahm sings the tale of the headless horseman who supposedly travels through the woods on Halloween every year, searching for a head to replace the one he lost. The only way to escape the headless horseman is to cross a covered bridge. Ichabod is frightened by the story, while all the other guests are amused by the song and the story. So while riding home from the party, Ichabod panics with every single noise that he hears while he travels through the woods. And while passing through a cemetery, Ichabod believes he hears the sound of a horse's gallop, but the sound is only cattails bumping on the log. He and his horse begin to laugh, but their laughter is cut short when the headless horseman appears, wielding a sword and riding what appears to be Brahm's horse. Ichabod is chased through the dark forest before remembering Brahm's advice. So Ichabod rides across the covered bridge in order to stop the ghost's pursuit. The headless horseman stops and throws a flaming head, which is revealed to be a jack-o'-lantern right at Ichabod's face, which presumably knocks him out. The next morning, Ichabod's hat is found at the bridge next to the shattered jack-o'-lantern. However, Ichabod is nowhere to be found. Sometime later, Brom Bones takes Katrina as his wife, and rumors begin to spread that Ichabod is still alive. Married to a wealthy widow with children that look just like him, However, the people of Sleepy Hollow believe that he was spirited away by the Headless Horseman. Now, I believe the reason why I enjoy The Legend of Sleepy Hollow so much more is because I was exposed to it at a younger age. When I was a kid, right along with Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, 
The Legend of Sleepy Hollow was shown every year on the Disney Channel. So I would see it every year. And it became so ingrained in my soul that I remember it's probably going to junior high at the time. On my way to school, the day after Halloween, I would find jack-o'-lanterns discarded on the street corner, pick them up, and throw them, just like the Headless Horseman, waiting to see how the jack-o'-lantern would shatter and splatter everywhere, imitating essentially the Headless Horseman. Because the Headless Horseman was just so cool. Even as the villain, he just had this aura about him that captivated me. So I think that's part of why I gravitate towards the Legend of Sleepy Hollow segment a little bit more than the Wind in the Willows. Plus the fact it's narrated and sung to us by Bing Crosby. I mean, the man who sings White Christmas. Just love that voice. And, you know, he's one other one, quite like Thurl Ravenscroft, who's given us a cool Halloween song, as well as a classic Christmas song. Thurl Ravenscroft, of course, sings You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. And then he also sings the song from the Haunted Mansion, Grim Grinning Ghosts. Bing Crosby has the song of the Headless Horseman and White Christmas, as well as Little Drummer Boy, Peace on Earth with David Bowie. So, you know, just got to love the irony there. When it comes to my rating for this one, I'm going to have to go four stars only because I'm not as big of a fan of Wind in the Willows. If I enjoyed that segment as much as I enjoyed The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, this would easily be four and a half, maybe even a five star. Maybe. Because much like Fun and Fancy Free, they just took two stories, focused on it, told the stories as well as possible. I didn't really get into The Wind in the Willows, much like I didn't get into Bongo. But then there's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, much like there was Mickey and the Beanstalk. So those, the little dichotomy there really, really, really helps bring it all together for me. So four out of five stars. Make sure you guys get out there on the social media. Get those hashtags trending for me. Hashtag Casa D18 Studios. Hashtag Renegades Reviews. Hashtag Renegade Returns. And, of course, the ever-popular hashtag shenanigans. Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Merchandising, merchandising. Where the real money's made. Make sure you guys get out there. Do what that commercial just told you. Go to teespring.com slash stores slash Jeff Meacham Network. 
for all your official merchandise for the Casa D18 Studios Brotherhood. Get you your Renegade J.J. Williams shirt, Dad's Not Always on Wrestling, Stat Boy Sports Bar, Hashtag Stat Boy Approved, Hashtag Shenanigans. Get you your official merchandise for the Jeff Meacham Network. Three different designs of the Jeff Meacham Network logo for you to choose from on a t-shirt, as well as Talk Wrestling, Meachamania, and so much more. Get out there, support, support, support. And while you're out there supporting, do what that ticker tells you to do. Go to that PayPal, send me a donation, or go to my link tree, purchase a movie off my Amazon wish list. Either way, greatly appreciate whatever you guys are willing to do for me. Keep in mind, I'm not monetized at this time. I'm trying to get up my viewership hours so I can become monetized. So in the meantime, the only way I can receive financial support is if you guys go out there and help support me. Like I said, go to that PayPal, go to the link tree, purchase a movie off the Amazon wish list. If you purchase something off the Amazon wish list, when I open it up on Renegade Recap during my movie mail segment, I'll give you a shout out. And then when I actually work it into my theme month to review it, I'll give you guys another shout out. Make you guys a part of the show as a thank you for the support. Tomorrow, right back here on the Casa D18 Studios channel when I will bring you yet another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews. We officially enter the silver age of the Walt Disney Animation Studios films with 1950s Cinderella, starring the vocal talents of Eileen Woods, Eleanor Audley, Verna Felton, Lucille Bliss, Rhoda Williams, Jimmy McDonald, and June Foray. You're not going to want to miss out tomorrow, right here on Renegades Reviews, when we enter the silver age of the Walt Disney Animation Studios films. We've got eight films as part of the silver age. It's Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, the Sword in the Stone, and The Jungle Book. All eight of those films will be part of the Silver Age of the Walt Disney Animation Studios. So make sure you tune in tomorrow as we kick that off. Thank you to all my loyal viewers watching along with the premiere, leaving your comments over here. I greatly appreciate each and every one of you guys. Thank you to all my loyal viewers. Tune in on demand. Leave your comments down here. Once again, I greatly appreciate each and every one of you guys. I appreciate all my fans that tune in on a regular basis and join me as I talk about these films. Thank you all for joining me today, and I will see you guys next time.